I think you're really going to like this episode of STEM. I'm your host, Bill Calkins, and I've been a part of the horticulture industry for a while. Not as long as some of you, but for the better part of 20 years, and I hope to be around for many more. Over this time, I've encountered All-America Selections and the National Garden Bureau on many occasions, in events, trial gardens, in trade articles, through the consumer press, and even while visiting garden centers and greenhouses. These days, I see both organizations all over social media and digital media. It's this relentless dedication to plant promotion, as well as exciting recent growth, that inspired me to reach out to Diane Blazik, the Executive Director of All-America Selections, AAS, and National Garden Bureau, NGB, to talk about the goals and missions of each organization, and more importantly, ways everyone in the horticulture industry can get involved and leverage the power of AAS and NGB to connect and inspire today's gardeners, our customers. During the next half hour or so, Diane and I will discuss how these two venerable organizations are structured, the goals of each, key activities and how they work together, factors behind recent growth, and what to expect in the near future. With the trialing expertise of AAS and the consumer engagement driven by NGB, there's an awful lot of firepower here, and major opportunities to get involved and capitalize on the power of plant promotion. NGB's Year Of programs are some of the easiest to start using in your own marketing. And in my 20 years, I've never encountered a green industry business that couldn't use some extra marketing or turnkey promotional strategies. So there's no doubt this episode will be relevant to everyone. So sit back and enjoy this discussion with my friend, Diane Blazer. Let's make this edition of Connect Four, where we take a look at four messages lining up to support one key topic, very short so we can get right into the episode's esteemed guest. And in keeping with the theme, I'm going to share the four year of plants recognized by National Garden Bureau in 2019. First, it's the year of the Snapdragon. Next, let's celebrate the year of the Dahlia. Third, one of my favorite plants gets recognition during 2019, the year of the Salvia Nemorosa. And the final chip in our game of Year of Connect 4 is the pumpkin. It strikes me as interesting that both snaps and pumpkins would be great plants to promote for kids gardening. And that's an example of how you can take the promotion that National Garden Bureau does for these Year of plants and leverage it for your own promotions. And we'll no doubt talk about much more of this during my interview with today's guest. So let's get to it. For more than 30 years, Diane Blazik, Executive Director of All-America Selections and National Garden Bureau, has been immersed in gardening, both personally and professionally. She brings a passion to the subject based on a history in the field of horticulture publishing, as well as a love for gardening and culinary exploration. Growing up on a small family farm in northern Missouri, Diane spent years helping her parents plant, tend, and harvest a large home vegetable garden. As the president and publisher at Ball Publishing for 15 years, she led the way in connecting the commercial side of the industry with consumers via the live focus groups called Consumer Buzz Live. Diane also managed Ball Publishing's entry into consumer garden book publishing. And interestingly enough, she was my boss at Ball Publishing. And then since December of 2009, Diane has been leading both All-America Selections and National Garden Bureau through an exciting period of growth as they establish themselves as inspirational resources in the minds of garden communicators, public gardens, growers, garden retailers, and home gardeners. All-America Selections has doubled in size with the additions of trials for vegetative ornamentals and herbaceous perennials, an expanded website, more display gardens, and an ever-increasing social media presence. National Garden Bureau has also more than doubled in size with the addition of new programs, social media, therapeutic garden grants, and new membership categories. With both organizations, the connection to the consumer is of topmost importance, and by using that connection, Diane provides direction and insights to the industry, as well as to GardenCom, an organization for garden communicators where she serves as national director. Diane, welcome to STEM. 
Thanks, Bill. Glad to be here. So I'm really excited to learn more about National Garden Bureau and All-America selections for all sorts of reasons. Um, I suspect most in our industry are familiar with the organizations and some of the promotions, the trialing, the outreach, and some of the other amazing things that you guys do. But can you start the listeners off with a brief overview of both AAS and NGB and maybe some of the key activities and one of the questions I have is, is how do the organizations work together? <laughs> yes, that's, uh, that's, that's an easy way to start. And you're right, that's a question that a lot of people have. So let's just start alphabetically with AAS, also known as All America Selections, but we do go by our acronym quite a bit. And in a nutshell, we are a plant trialing organization, and I like to compare it to say, a good housekeeping seal of approval or underwriter laboratories, meaning we test the plants in a normal home gardener's situation. They are tested by professional horticulturists, but it's only the products or plants that perform well that get to use the AAS award brand, and from there we market them. Then on the other side, which is National Garden Bureau, also known as NGB, I describe this one as a mini marketing and PR firm for our members, but also for the industry. Uh, the main mission is we just want to get more people enthusiastic about using plants inside and out. Excellent. That is a good overview, I think, that Thinking of AAS as a seal of approval makes a lot of sense. Thinking of NGB as a PR firm for members and the industry, uh, I think resonates with a lot of people. Um, how, how do the organizations work together? Uh, good question. Like I said, that's what a lot of people ask. And it's ironic that even though both organization is very old, or both organizations are very old, um, All America Selections was founded in 1932, and National Garden Bureau is even older, which was founded in 1920, they didn't start to, shall I say, hold hands until like the 1960s or 70s. And at that point, they were brought into the same office and run by one executive director, which we think was in the mid-70s. Unfortunately, all the documentation and historical documents were lost right around that time or shortly before uh, because there was a flood in somebody's house. And so just by talking to people we know that it was in the 70s that they were um, run by the same executive director, but we don't know a lot more details than that. Wow, hundred, almost 100 years old for NGB. That I, I really had no idea. That is awesome. And it I think that, awesome. and that's actually kind of a segue into my next question, which is we're going to talk, I think, throughout this episode about some of the activities that AAS and NGB do. Um, but I wanted to kick this off with kind of a, a fun question of what is one of the promotions or activities or strategies for each that folks in our industry might not be aware of? I think it's really hard to say just one thing because they kind of tie in together. So I'm going to pinpoint our blogs. Um, I I think most people would think of a blog coming only from maybe garden writers, you know, major influencers or something. But three years ago, when we relaunched our websites, of course, when you relaunch a website, SEO, search engine optimization, is very, very important. So that's why we started a blog for both organization and I'm going to provide you with some links that you can put on there but basically when you go to either website we have blogs which then we turn into e-newsletters which then mean that we have a lot of member and judge and breeder engagement and interaction and the more people that see that through the newsletters, the more people that come back to our website, the more it bumps up our SEO. So you can see how it just all ties in together. But I'll pinpoint it as we do have blogs on both websites and we do oh, at least like 20 to 24 per year. So that's a lot of information that's going out. 
That's excellent. And that's a, a really good example of the information that the organizations are putting out and also information that can be kind of taken and shared by other businesses within the industry. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today is ways that the industry can leverage the plant promotion that both AAS and NGB are doing. So blogs, excellent. I will definitely put those links in the show notes and definitely encourage the listeners to, to check them out. Um, and also it's a good learning uh, lesson to remember that when you, as a business, launch a new website and start looking at SEO, that blogs, especially when you're doing you know, 24 or more a year, are really going to uh, increase the visibility of your website. So you gave all sorts of good tips in, just in that answer. Thank you so much. Sure, yeah. So one of the questions that I, that I had looking through and, and sort of thinking about the way that I've been engaged and interacted with AAS and NGB over the years is the fact that I know both organizations have very strong leadership and um, folks behind the scenes uh, make, and, and sort of in front of cameras uh, bringing these organizations uh, to the forefront. So can you share a little bit about the leadership of each organization and what the structure looks like? Sure. Um, well, I think I mentioned that both organizations are nonprofit, so we're 501Cs, and one is a five and one is a six, which isn't all that relevant. It's just kind of a difference in classification. But both organizations have a 10-member board of directors, so it's six directors and four officers for each organization. So I like to say I have 20 bosses, <laughs> so it's always fun to please 20 bosses. Um but I have to say that these people are amazing. Everybody has their own full-time job that they're kept busy with. And, you know, in today's day, day and age, um, a full-time job probably means like 80 hours a week. Exactly. So it's, it's very gratifying to know that we continuously have 20 people who so believe in both of our organizations that they're willing to volunteer their time and we have meetings, we have teleconference calls uh, frequently, probably about four or five times a year. We have two in-person meetings every year. And all of our directors and officers are made up of, from National Garden Bureau, it's members. And then from All America Selections, it's breeders and people involved in the whole trialing and breeding process. And quite often, a majority of them are actual judges. And All America Selections takes this one step further, and we have a council of judges. So that's all 90 plus judges. And anytime we change our bylaws, all of those judges have to vote on the approval of our bylaws. So, you know, we have to follow Robert's rules of order. We're a nonprofit, we have to file the right tax returns. But the main message is I have 20 people that are amazing, intelligent, hardworking people who volunteer their time to help us out. That's cool. And that's, again, one of the things that I love about our industry. I talk about it all the time in STEM episodes, how amazing our industry is and how everybody really enjoys giving back. And um, wow, having 20 uh, folks on, on these boards is excellent. And I'm sure they can help steer you in all sorts of good directions. And uh, I mean, that's, that's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but when everybody's kind of working on the same recipe with passion, I would imagine that that makes, uh, makes meetings fun and lively. Oh, they're, they're very fun, very lively. And when we leave the call or leave the room, the energy level is unbelievable. It's, it's very rewarding. So cool. So let's, let's start by focusing on all America selections, because I, I think that it's, it's the one that it, folks within the industry on the, like you said, the breeder, producer, grower side probably have the most um, understanding of, but I also think that there's a ton of opportunity to learn more. So how many years has the organization been around? I think you said it was the in the thirties. And then how is it, I guess, from a snapshot, how has it evolved over this time? Because I know just for instance, there were national trials for many, many years, and now you folded in regional trials as well. But I imagine the evolution, uh, it will will be interesting for the listeners to to hear about. 
Yeah, it yeah, it has been interesting, um, you know, to be involved and also to be an observer and learn from the past years. So, yes, it was 1932, which uh, was when the organization was founded by Ray Hastings. He was a Southern seedsman. And he saw the need for all this new breeding work to actually be tested and trialed by a neutral nonprofit organization. So that's where it got its start. Um, all America Selections started with just two trials, one for flowers, very generic, and one for vegetables, very generic. And it went on that way for years and years. At one point, um, a cool season trial was launched and that was really about the only change that occurred over many, many years. And then over the past nine years, I would say we've we've kind of um, shaken things up and have really adapted to today's marketplace. Uh, for example, what vegetatively propagated annuals have been around for 25, 30 years. So in 2000. I think what date it was, 1415, we launched our vegetative trial. And we call it now uh, the vegetative trial for ornamentals. So it doesn't mean that it necessarily has to be a flowering plant. It can be something like a coleus or a sweet potato vine or, you know, anything that doesn't flower and is just used for its foliage. So that was one of the changes. Um, another change is the herbaceous perennial trial, which is a three winter overwintering trial. And that was launched in 2016. We just announced our first two winners uh, about four weeks ago. So this is brand new for us. And then um, you mentioned the regional trials. And I, I have to share the example of this is, uh, again, I don't know, six, seven years ago, we were looking at an entry. And I believe it was celery. And if you've ever tried to go grow celery, you know that it doesn't grow in every part of North America. So we were looking at the trial results, and it was just one of these, I'll call it a V8 moment, when you slap yourself on the forehead. And we're like, we have so many entries with great genetics, but celery doesn't grow everywhere, or it's not easy to grow everywhere. So we started discussing the fact that maybe we need regional awards. So, you know, if you're, I'm just going to kind of make up something. If you're in Florida, there's this celery that's going to grow great. And so we will call it a Southeast winner instead of a national winner. So the way our trials work is we look at the entire group of judges. Most of our trials have about 30 to 35 judges or judging sites. So we'll look at how everything does overall. Throughout all of North America, how did it score? If it scores high enough for a national award, then we granted a national winner. If it didn't, then we break it out by our six regions and we say, okay, how were the scores in each of these six regions? If it scored high enough in two, three regions, then it becomes a regional winner. Okay. And that, and that makes sense. You know, I've heard it said, I've heard it said that we are a national industry with regional nuances and having regional trials through AAS definitely would open up a whole new group of potential plants to the folks who will kind of take them and run with them in their own regions. So I think that I'm surprised it didn't come up much earlier in the history of AAS, the, the desire to do regional trials, but I can also appreciate the fact that, you know, for so long, it, it the mantra was, you know, it, this performs nationally. So it's almost like a, a surefire great plant for everybody to grow. Right. And and that's still true for the national award winners and for the regionals then it just expands and makes more things available that still have that message. Like this was tested nationally, but it's been proven locally. It will do well in your garden. Makes total sense. And then just thinking about all of those changes just in the last decade of an almost, you know, hundred year old organization, I bet that's uh that's kept you and the board on your toes. and uh, But it's also, I can see where it would have given a ton of opportunities to expand your messaging. And, um, you know, certainly in this day and age of digital media, you need 
constant stories out in the marketplace and having um, all these changes in the last 10 years and all these additional trials from the vegetative to the to the perennials gives you guys so many more opportunities to uh, to, to share messages out and in, into the world of gardening so yeah that's that's very true and I'll, I'll throw out something else that's kind of interesting um, about the time I started which was 10 years ago we had just evaluated the introduction timeline and anybody that's probably my age or older are going to remember back in the days when there was like an 18 month introduction timeline like we would tell the breeding companies and then we would tell the brokers and then the sales reps and you know on down the line till we started announcing it to garden writers and consumers but that day and age is long gone with the internet and like you say with digital media so you put something out there it's out there and it's really hard to break it out by segment so we basically everything now is an immediate introduction when when a breeder knows that they can accept an award it has to be available immediately for sale now it's just you know nature of the business it takes a little time to go through the distribution chain but again with online buying and retail seed sources it's pretty much immediately available now that's an interesting evolution especially since one of the really great things about all America selections winners is the fact that it is required to have, you know, that quote unquote seed in the bag or the ability to produce enough cuttings to uh, serve the needs of the marketplace. And I, I know that that's, you know, just from my, my time working with breeding companies, that's always a very, it's something you're always conscious of when you're submitting a, a plan to all America selections and putting one in the trials is the fact that, Hey, this has got to be, widely available and not, you know, not a plant that's going to have a handful of seeds or a few cuttings available. Right, right. Yeah, good point. So can you go into a little bit of detail about how AAS evaluates the new plants? Um, how many trials do you guys have currently? And maybe, you know, you mentioned the 90 plus judges. Um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about who these judges are? Sure. Um, yeah, we do. We have over 90 judges, but there's four different trials. Um, we have the seed trial for for ornamentals. We have the seed trial for edibles. And note, I say edibles and not vegetables. Then we have the vegetative trial for ornamentals and we have the perennial. So in some cases, a judge may be looking at two or three of those trials. In some cases, they may only have one. And it's based on their expertise, their space, their company, that kind of thing. So all of them are professional horticulturists. All of them are volunteers. We do not reimburse the judges. Um, so that alone, I think, says a lot about the program, that there are 90-some people that are willing to do this out of the goodness of their heart. And in some cases, it's a great advantage to them because they get to see these products and these varieties before they're ever on the market. Um, so, for example, if you're a seed reseller like a Johnny's or a Harris, you're going to see them before they're available. That way you'll buy them right away once they become a winner because we let our judges know. Um, another thing is, let's say you're a large grower like a Metrolina, you still have that same advantage of knowing how they're going to perform in the greenhouse and the garden to know whether or not you want to recommend them to your customers. So, um, yeah, all in all, it's it's volunteer judges and um, we're trialing all over North America. They're seeing things and evaluating things before anybody else knows about them, except for the breeder. Um, but they are anonymous. I think that's kind of a key thing about All America Selections, too, is nobody knows the breeder behind that variety when it comes to them in the trial. And it's always fun to um, kind of trick people, you know, like, We've got a begonia and they say, oh, I know the breeder of that because that breeder always does begonias. And then it, it, after the trial, when we can announce it, we can say, ha ha, nope, it wasn't <laughs> that breeder. Somebody else is coming onto the market. That's cool. And how about um, how many uh, how many trial gardens are there? And uh, are there any, I guess, are there any interesting uh tactics behind the evaluation or anything that, that you think the listeners would be interested in about how, how the plants are evaluated? 
Oh, yes. Thank you for bringing that up because there is there is one very important thing. So I said we had 90 some judges and as far as different locations, we're right around 60 locations now. So that means that some locations um, like Ball will have two different judges, sometimes three different judges, depending on what they're looking at. So, yeah, there's a lot of different locations. We try to spread them out geographically to make sure all the different growing zones um, and different microclimates do have representation there. Um, but one of the big things that I'm, I'm still just blown away by um, is the fact that every entry has at least one comparison, sometimes two. Those comparisons are things that when our committee reads the entry form, which is a description of the the entry, they have to look at that and say, okay, well, this is a begonia. It has a big bronze leaf. It has a salmon flower. You know, whatever these details are, they have to find something currently on the market that basically is the market leader for that category. Then we contact the breeder of that comparison and ask for a seed or cutting donation to be used in our trial as comparisons. Everybody goes along with it. This is mind-blowing to me that a breeder is such a big believer in our trialing process and our program and our brand that they'll donate that knowing full well this could be the next big thing coming along and it might displace it in the market. So that to me is like the number one thing that still just stuns me at how supportive the industry is of our trials and the comparison specifically. I think that speaks to the respect that all America selections has earned over the years. Um, but that's cool. I, I, I was not aware that every entry had one comparison and that, and that harkens back to kind of what, what drives our industry are these, is these comparisons and sure there are competitors out there and you certainly don't want to see, you know, your, your variety displaced, but, New varieties are new technology, and the growers want to see the comparisons. Obviously, they want to feel confident, uh, you know, changing over a crop from year to year. And uh, I think it's great that All America Selections is uh, is kind of leading leading that charge and keeping keeping things honest out there in the field. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's how we were founded in 1932. And if you think about it, like if you think of the California Spring Trials, how it used to be all comparison trials. And now it's more marketing trials. Well, we are still, call us old-fashioned in this aspect, but we're still putting that comp- comparison next to it. Because if you're a judge and you've seen a million red petunias, until you really see them side by side, it's hard to analyze which one really is going to bloom first or have bigger flowers or more flowers. So true. So how about, um, I know that NGB, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, is really the the promotional um, the group that's out there promoting uh, products into the, the consumer market. But are there any new tactics that help All America Selection engage and inform home gardeners? Are there any things in the in, in the works you wanna you wanna talk about? Uh, yes, if I may. <laughs> this is kind of like the really fun part. Um, so brand ambassadors i think is the best way to describe this um another way is influencers so we have been working with garden communicators since the origination point of of the organization but that has evolved recently and i will i will point out one garden ambassador brand ambassador that we're working with right now his name is gary Pilarchik, and he's called the rusted garden and We are working with him not only to expand our entire social media presence, but we founded a Facebook group. We already had a page, but we founded a Facebook group, and he is building up our YouTube channel through his videos, and I would highly recommend anybody to watch him just because they're they're so successful. They're so down-to-earth. Um, in this case, it's not about him, it's about the product. So he profiles our winners and people are just clamoring like, well, where can I buy this? Where can I buy this? Where can I get the plants? Where can I get the seeds? So that probably has been our most successful consumer outreach because via the videos, 
it has just increased everything on down the line, including our email database that we use to send out um, our, our blogs, our newsletters, new introductions, et cetera. That's great to hear because, you know, if you look out into just consumer marketing in general, it's really is about brand ambassadors, the impact of influencers, whether that's through social media or any other type of digital media and hearing that you've got Facebook groups, YouTube, and I, I would imagine that this is an outreach of AES that's really going to expand. So um, I'll make sure to include a link to Gary's videos and, and everything uh, in the show notes so that folks can check it out. But huge kudos to you guys for, for going down the brand ambassador path. I think that everyone in consumer marketing has seen um, the results uh, that these kind of efforts will uh will will bring to a, a brand and a product so it, it's really cool to hear that horticulture is not trailing far behind this is true you got to stay on that forefront for sure so what's what's kind of your best advice for how green industry businesses whether they're growers retailers landscapers anybody from you know who's growing and selling plants can capitalize on what all america selections is doing and maybe i don't know one way to do this if you have a story of what a greenhouse or garden center or landscape firm is doing to leverage AES, I think that would probably help the listeners plan ways that they can uh, they can make some of this great content that you guys are creating and great trialing that you're doing their own. Uh, well, there's there's probably a number of different things. Um, first of all, our website does include a lot of information that's free to use. And like you said, we'll, we'll include some links in the show notes. But for example, all the variety markers you can download at no charge. We've got 8x10 signage that you can download. There's PowerPoints galore. We've got one for every year of AES winners going back the past 10 years. So those are all available. And, um, you know, I know a lot of our judges, a lot of extension, master gardeners, um, and garden centers specifically want to do educational sessions. And so we already have done PowerPoints for you, and we already have some um, brochures that are printable. So that is all there. And I've talked to garden centers that are just like, you know, sometimes we're either when we're pre-planning throughout the winter or we're in the midst of a really busy spring season and, and we've sold out of this and we want to do something else and we want an idea or something to focus on, then they'll create an end cap. They'll print stuff from our website. A lot of times they have AES winners um, in their garden center already. So it's easy to just pull them all together and tell the story. And not only for a retailer or a grower or a broker or for me talking to consumers, when you start to talk about the story of All America Selections, you know, we're a nonprofit organization. We're 87 years old. We trial all these things um, by volunteers who are professional horticulturists. The story itself is just so interesting and grabs your attention and is such a validation for why these products should be in the home gardener's garden, because they've already been proven to perform. So, yeah, it's just a real, let's say, likable story, and it's a really easy story to tell. So there's kind of a, a really good, so this this winter, when you're planning your seminars for next year, if you have a garden center, plan an All-America Selection Seminar, and then complement it with uh, some displays on end caps, a little bit of marketing, Sounds like all those resources are available at the All America Selection site. And then for growers, quick tip: group all of your All America Selections that you're selling and and make a category of AAS winners that are going to help your retailers and landscapers order those plants in a bundle. Um, not only will it make their lives easier, but it'll add you know it'll add additional sales to your uh, to your bottom line. Perfect so, point. Thanks. So let's switch gears real quick and talk about National Garden Bureau. Can you tell us the mission of the organization and then maybe talk a little bit about the value of membership since it is a membership driven organization? Sure. Um, okay. So National Garden Bureau, like I said earlier, is also a nonprofit organization. We exist to educate inspire and motivate people to use more plants and it can be indoors it can be outdoors you know basically anything that's in your yard well we don't do a lot of grass 
promotion um, because we don't have any members that do that. But basically anything that goes out in your yard, we will promote. We will hopefully inspire you with new ideas. And I like to say we're the marketing arm of the industry because really there isn't one independent group that is currently marketing the entire industry. And as a member, what we um, promise our members is that about half of their membership dues will go to promoting their specific company and or products, depending if they're direct to consumer or not. And then the other half is just general industry promotion. We are getting the word out there through our community. Our community is about 100,000 strong right now. So we're encouraging people, well, try something new. Here's this new variety. Here's a new tulip. Here's new begonia, you know, whatever it might be in whatever program. But it's, it's always inspiration to try to get more people in the garden or more people to buy plants and just talk about all the positive benefits of what being a gardener or planting a plant or buying a potted plant for your home, uh, what that means for, for you and your well-being. Wow, 100,000 in the NGB community, That's those are big numbers. And for members, the ability to reach that group, which I would imagine is a very engaged and excited group as gardeners tend to be, um, I, I think that that's some pretty tremendous value for uh, for being a part of NGB. It is. And our members, you know, they're the ones that are providing the information. So if you look at all the sources of gardening information out there, how much of it really comes direct from the originators? You know, how much comes from a breeder? Well, it does through National Garden Bureau. We know if you look at our year of program or any of our new varieties, the things that are put on our website that when we send out to our community is all direct from the source. So it's great information. And it allows the that source to make sure that their their message is getting across uh, in, a, in a clear way. So that that's that's really cool. I think that keeping control of your message is important as a business and it's um, great that NGB is allowing that to happen. So what are some of the biggest wins for NGB lately? I know that we talked about the changes at AAS over the last 10 years. I would imagine that, man, and probably in the past three to five years with all the changes in consumer media and consumer behavior that NGBs had to kind of change, maybe change different messaging approaches or change a little bit about how, how you're telling these stories. Um, what are some of the, some of the big, the big wins that, that you've seen over the last few years? Oh, uh, there's so many. Um, (laughs) okay. So let's start with one very early on. So I've been here almost 10 years and very early on what the boards were asking me is, okay, if we are ever able to expand staff, what kind of staff position would you want to see? And I said, a social media marketing person, a writer, that kind of thing. So we hired that in 2015. Her name is Gail. She does all of our social media and marketing plus, plus, plus. Um, So what she does is um, stays up to date on some of these trends and understands how the algorithms change. Because as you well know, every social media channel has a different algorithm and they're going to change it constantly. Um, knowing those changes has helped us hit certain thresholds. And now, of course, these change all the time. But once you hit a certain number of followers on Pinterest or YouTube or Facebook, suddenly you can use a different URL and suddenly you will start to show up in people's feeds more once you hit um, a number of followers. Then the other thing we've done is we've expanded membership categories for 80 years, 85 years, we were only like seed breeders and seed resellers. Well, we've expanded that to vegetative and to brokers and bulb companies. Um, And now we have book authors that are members because book authors want to get their books out to our community. So it's kind of one of these things that this builds on this, which builds on this, which builds on this, which just means it multiplies tenfold. Um, so yeah, having a broader reach means that we kind of go back 
what I said earlier about if it's in your yard or you bring it home and it's in your house and related to gardening, then that's what we're going to talk about. And that's what we have programs for. One of the most recent new programs for National Garden Bureau is combinations. Um, to me, that's you can't call it a trend. It's here to stay where people want to put different plants together instead of monoculture. So this spring, we soft launched a new program about combinations because the breeders are all doing this testing and trialing. Well, what works best together? You know, we don't want this one that overtakes the others. So now that's on our NGB website is our combinations program. And it's gotten some great reception already. So you've got an, what, what I would consider an industry movement toward uh, putting the right plants together that's now being taken from the industry to the end user who's going to be more successful. I think that that is an interesting sort of microcosm of what NGB does. And in listening to the industry and then being the, the group that translates the industry jargon and research and everything, which is probably over most consumers' heads, but it translates it to a level that makes it easy to engage with. And, and I have looked through the website and the combinations uh, program is really cool. It's really easy to use. Um, we'll put that link in the show notes for people to play around with. But I think that's a really good example of one of the things that NGB does. And then when you talk about social media and the fact that you guys hired a digital marketing person, you know, early on kind of in the game of social media to understand the trends and algorithms, that's fantastic. And the way I, what I heard you say is you're basically by adding the member categories, you're bringing a much wider cross-section of the industry through the social and digital media to a wider audience of folks out in the world who are going to use the plants. So that to me is like a huge win-win. Yeah, I, I agree. Win-win all the way around. And and there's more in the works. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll be launching new programs consistently as needed, as it makes sense, as our members want it, as consumers want it. So, yeah, you just you always have to stay on that. I'm not going to say cutting edge, but on the forefront. And then, I mean, I love the year of programs and I'm. I've really been happy in the last few years to see more categories added. Can you give kind of a quick, and I hope the listeners are familiar with this. I don't know how you can't be if you're paying attention out in the marketplace, through the trade media, through social media, through trade shows and events. We're seeing a lot of the the marketing push behind the year of programs. So can you give a little bit of an overview of this program and maybe how it's evolved and how you see it fitting in with what the current industry trends and needs are? Sure. Um, and forgive me if I boast and brag a little bit, but Feel there free. are a lot of year of programs out there. We were the first. We started it in 1980 with uh, one vegetable crop, and then we quickly added an annual. And then just to jump forward real quickly, um, we've added three additional crops in the past, t or classes, I should say, in the past three years. So we added a bulb, a perennial, and now for 2020, it's a flowering shrub category. So what we do is not specific to variety. It's it's more encompassing for that class. So for example, this year is the year of the dahlia for our bulbs, or the year of the snapdragon for our annual. And again, you know, what, what are we doing? We're promoting that to consumers. We're giving them all these tantalizing photos throughout all of our social media channels and on our website. So that's the inspiration part. Um, the education comes in through our fact sheet. So we tell a little bit about history and then we talk about some of the uh, primary varieties or types, you know, like um, what do we have coming up iris for next year? So oh, there's a lot of different types of iris. So our fact sheet provides that. Again, it's written by our members. So it's written by the professionals, but it's written for consumers. And, you know, bringing that all down to how can the listeners use it? It's all free. It's all on our website. We now are using a graphic artist to create these beautiful watercolor logos. I mean, if you have a catalog, if you print plant tags, if you're doing flyers, 
any way possible, if this helps you sell more of that product, then go right ahead and use it. Um, it's all on there. We now have five different categories. We start telling people about it, um, well, definitely around California Spring Trials and probably at the latest is around uh, Cultivate. We make sure that everybody knows what our crops are for the next year and the website goes live on November 1st, and then we start promoting it to consumers around the end of December, early January. So it's there, and anybody can always contact me if it's not live on the website yet. Um, they can contact us and use it. You don't even have to be a member to use it. We want it to be used if it's going to help you sell more product. And I love that it's not variety specific. Um, yes, uh, I do work for a company that does like to promote specific varieties, but I think for this use and in order to capture the most attention and give growers and retailers and landscapers the, the best ability to capitalize, the fact that it's not variety specific is awesome. And when you look at, you know, 2019, you've got snapdragons, dahlias, one of my absolute favorite plants, salvia nemorosa, and then pumpkins, you're really covering a wide spectrum of plants. So each year, when NGB re releases its year of plants, I think that it it's like a it's like a kickstart opportunity to market a new group of plants to folks, and then why not you know go back and reference the last three or five years in your in your garden center displays or in your greenhouse catalog? Um, I do think that there's tons of opportunities to leverage these year of programs, and I was not aware that they've been around since the 1980s. So hey, feel free to go back even further. Yes, exactly. They may not all be on our website, but. <laughs> but I would suspect that in the next few years, um, you're going to be covering all sorts of different classes. And I don't know, it's one thing that I really think that, that most in the industry really need to pay attention to. And I do, I love the the watercolor art and the, I mean, it really is beautiful. It fits in well with the marketing that most uh, garden centers are doing and it looks very modern and appealing. So Kudos to that for sure. Well, thank you. And I'll let our graphic artists know too. So how about in the near future, when you talk about these consumer facing programs from NGB, how are they going to grow in scope and maybe what should folks in the industry watch for? Um, maybe there are some ways that you and the NGB team are planning to increase the visibility of these efforts. What, what should the listeners watch for in, in the near future from NGB? Well, if I had a crystal ball, I think I'd be a billionaire, but uh, I don't. So how how do we do this? And I, I will go back to, I, I think, two main things. First of all, our board, um, what they bring to our table, what they bring to our meetings is a huge variety um, and range of experiences. And all the companies in our industry do their own thing. And so um, one person may be seeing an opportunity here, whereas another is in another area. So we bring them to the board and we discuss them and decide which ones to go forward with. And then, um, you know, on the social media and marketing side, Gail does a great job of like listening to podcast and, and reading blog posts about here's what Facebook is doing now and here's what Instagram is doing. And it does take time, but you have to stay up to date in order to know what to do. And then you just have to be fluid and flexible. Um, yeah, we put together a marketing calendar and we have a plan for 12 months out. But guess what? When something is exploding and it's a new category, well, we're going to jump on it and we're going to use that hashtag or we're going to pull it in somehow. If you have, you know, national banana split ice cream day, well, we're going to figure out some way to to use one of our members products to do something like that or, you know, whatever the trendy news item is. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a group effort. There's no doubt about that. And as mem as we talk to members, um, and brainstorm, learn about their company events or their future direction, it all ties together. So, you know, to me, it's being open-minded and, um, like I said, being flexible and able to turn on a dime. And that's cool. And I think that you you kind of gave two pieces of advice to the listeners, which is 
you can you can do you can kind of copy what ngb is doing and have you know have a board that does bring a variety of experiences and opportunities to your business in terms of marketing and and the way that you conduct your business and then i would say just from my own observation of watching the social media that ngb does everyone in the industry should be paying attention to what you guys are doing a to learn what the plants are that are being promoted and B to see best practices when it comes to social media and communicating, which kind of segues me into my next question, which is about garden communicators. And can you talk a little bit about what NGB and AAS do to engage with garden communicators and, and that uh, group of folks and additionally public garden leadership, you mentioned them early on, but I think that that's, you know, something that I've learned over the last few years in, talking to, I don't know, the guys from Grow It and some other uh, industry, you know, marketing and promotional companies, how important the uh, the public garden folks are. I think this is a critical component to what NGB and AAS are doing. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. And both organizations, when they were founded, realized how publicity and public relations were such an important part. In fact, no offense to any of the trade media or, or consumer media out there, we never pay for advertising. You know, we use a good public relations program in order to reach both the trade side and the consumer side. And um, there's there's two primary groups, I would have to say. Uh, one is the organization of Garden Communicators. It's called Garden Com. It used to be called GWA, and we changed our name last year. I say we because I serve as a national director for that organization. They're vitally, vitally important to our industry. Now, have things changed in the last 10 to 15 years? You bet. Mm -hmm. Ever since the recession in 2008, you know, the the old days of the big conglomerate that does 20 gardening publications, those, those are going away. And so you have to figure out your own way of how you will work individually with some of these garden communicators. And we talked earlier about videographers or vloggers, as they call themselves, YouTube stars. Um, then you've got the bloggers. There's a, an event called the Bloggers Fling every summer. So between the Garden Com Symposium in late summer, fall, and then the Bloggers Fling, that's very important. The other one, which is public gardens, and I would say it's a newer relationship somewhat, um, all America Selections has used public gardens as our display gardens. So, you know, we have our trials that we talked about. Well, the next step in that process of getting the word out to consumers is putting AAS winning varieties in public gardens and having them marked as AAS winners. And public gardens as a whole is the the membership at public gardens just continues to multiply every year i go to their meeting in june and they talk they give some new numbers about how attendance at public gardens continues to increase and increase it's more than all the people who attend all the uh baseball games uh you know the major league baseball games every year so that's really encouraging but public gardens are an important um, segment of our industry to reach not only gardeners, but non-gardeners. I, I wish we had For some sure. statistics on how many people who visit a public garden aren't really gardeners. They're just there because they want to see pretty stuff outside. Yep. And I think that you're here hitting two key audiences when you talk about the vloggers, bloggers, and YouTubers through social media, uh, meeting an audience that that's in that space. And then when you talk about the and I mean, I, I also have seen those numbers, the booming attendance and membership of public gardens. And it, it makes sense to me really as an antidote to our digital lifestyles getting out into nature and whether, like you said, whether you're there to, you know, go placard by placard through the, you know, new plant collection, or if you're there just to take a bike ride on a Sunday, you're engaging with that space. And it's awesome to hear that um, NGB and AAS are seeing value in both the digital communication and the sort of analog visits to uh, a public garden space. And I think that by kind of merging your efforts in both of those two areas, you're going to reach a huge, 
uh, community of, of folks that are, you know, that's probably going to be a new audience and a new, you know, the, the, the new consumers for the products that our industry grows and sells. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an exciting time to be involved with with both organi- with both groups really because there's so many changes. For sure. So, we're going to wrap it up here. I think that um you know, we we've covered a lot over the last, you know, 35 40 minutes. And so, what what have we missed? I always ask that question at the end of STEM because I know that you know, we can go we can go down all these different paths and start answering all these questions, but is there anything that, that we've missed that you want to share about NGB and AAS? I know how active the organizations are and, you know, perhaps you could share anything that we've missed and then maybe uh, sort of a, a discussion about how industry members can get involved again. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that um, that I have not talked about yet that always makes me have a tear in my eye is our therapeutic garden grant that National Garden Bureau does. So we launched this in 2014. We wanted to support, recognize, and spread the word about all these therapeutic gardens that exist throughout North America that are touching and changing the lives of people who maybe are not as lucky as we are. Um, the one we started with was a garden here in Chicago. Um, it was founded by parents that had a son that was diagnosed with autism. And as he was aging out of the system at age 21, they didn't know what he was going to do with the rest of his life. So they started a vocational therapeutic garden called Growing Solutions Farm, and it's right in downtown Chicago by by Rush University. And they train their students not only to garden, but how to clock in when you get to work, how to interact with your boss, how to take a break, how to sell your products so they get retail skills. So that launched us into now, this is our fifth year of giving away $5,000 every year with the help of our sponsors, which are Cicada Seed and American Meadows. And we recognize and award monetary gifts to three therapeutic gardens every year. So that to me is huge, very huge. It just, it again, it tells about the good that gardening can bring to somebody's life. And it's, and it's neat that it, that garden that you referenced in Chicago is really um, uh, paying attention to the occupational needs of folks, as you said, are, that are aging out of the system. So that's cool. And you referenced Cicada. So we'll give a shout out to Jamie Kitts, a past STEM guest who actually joined us to talk a lot about giving back. And I know that um, certainly AS and NGB are, are organizations that she's very passionate about as well. So give a, a quick shout out to a past guest. But I do think that you know, sometimes in the industry, we talk so much about the promotion and the plants, and we forget about how gardening has the ability to benefit a person's life. And I think that uh, things like therapeutic garden grants um, are certainly uh, good and valuable uh, ways to give back for the industry. Right, right. Yeah. And, um, you know, as far as you know, parting words is uh, please use our information. It is it is on our websites. It's downloadable. It's free. You don't have to become a member, but if you do, then your specific products will get um, promoted as well. But really, we're we're a resource, and if anybody needs anything extra, they can always contact us, and we'll see what we can do. But we're there to help you promote our industry's products. So if there's anything you can use on any of our websites, um, follow us on social media, share it. It'll make your job a lot more <laughs> Um, easy and less complicated if, if you're just sharing information, if, if that's what you want to do is to get information out. But yeah, it's all there to be used at no charge. Excellent. And that's a good segue to my final question, which is how can our listeners reach you if they, if they have questions or if they want a little bit more information? And then I do think NGB, you referenced it a little bit earlier, but marketing materials available for growers and retailers. How do, how do they access that? And any links that, that, will help folks get to these resources. We'll make sure to include in the show notes, but how can they reach you for more information? And can you just 
wrap up with a quick sort of mention of the marketing materials available. Certainly. Yeah. Um, well, my neutral email address, because I can't play favorites, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have an email address for both organizations, but the neutral email address is last name, first name. So blazikdiane at gmail.com. Um, and then as far as on both websites, there's a contact button on both websites. Under All America Selections, there's an industry tab, and that's where most of the marketing materials can be found. Under National Garden Bureau, I would say the majority of marketing materials we have is under the Year Of program. So if you click on the Year Of tab, that's where you'll find most of it. Um, For even more details, we'll send you those links, and that'll be um, in the copy that you can provide. Excellent. And I know that resources is certainly not something that either organization is lacking. So um, like Diane said, make sure you check out the show notes um, and you will see more than enough information to get started leveraging the power of these organizations. So thank you so much, Diane. And for the listeners, if you've learned more about these organizations and how they're supporting and promoting the industry, like we said, go online, learn more, find the marketing materials, connect on social media, Because when NGB says that its mission is to educate, inspire, and motivate, I get excited. I'm sure you do too. And again, thank you so much, Diane, for joining us today and keep up the great work. Thanks so much for listening to STEM Insider Tips for Greenhouse Pros. And special thanks for helping us surpass 12,000 downloads. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and give it a good rating on your podcast player, or better yet, write a quick review or share with your coworkers and peers. This will help expose more potential listeners to STEM. We really appreciate the support. I'm Bill Calkins. You can always reach me by email at bcalkins at ballhort.com. That's B-C-A-L-K-I-N-S at B-A-L-L-H-O-R-T.com. Be sure to follow Ballseed on LinkedIn for tons of B2B content related to STEM topics, timely technical tips, and more. And now you can follow STEM Greenhouse Podcast on Instagram. That's STEM Greenhouse Podcast, all one term, for behind-the-scenes looks, sneak peeks, and all sorts of good stuff. Let's end this episode with a quote about marketing promotion from best-selling author and blogger Seth Godin. Marketing is no longer about the stuff that you make but about the stories you tell.